Hey, good news. I found my fire extinguisher, and uh, I'm going to try to put out this dumpster fire that is the Angels team right now. Uh, they make it hard to be a fan, and they make it hard to talk about, but that's why we're here. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thanks for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Hey, Locked On Everydayers, join us every day this week. We're recapping all the games that the Halos are playing. For better or for worse, we're going to be here for you. Yep. On today's show, what questions would you ask Matt Wise? Would he even give you any wise words i doubt mm-hmm. it uh and is it possible for the halos <laughs> i'm already laughing at this question is it possible <laughs> for the halos to get 14 wins in the month of august we're going to tell you why we're talking about that and then set some expectations uh to be realistic angel fans here you and i are full of hope at all times mike however yep. I think we need to be realistic about that conversation but let's get to uh this this game against the giants Super disappointing. The fact is, is that the Halos let us down once again with another heartbreaker. I was there in person for this one. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I've had a lot of heartbreak in my life, in my dating life. Fortunately, I'm a happily married man now. And nobody breaks my heart, Michael, more than the Los Angeles Angels. (laughs) Right, right. Hey, what stinks in here? Oh, it's the Angels. Oh, Uh, they lost. 8-3 8-3 to three yesterday, a seven-game losing streak, Johnny. And We're actually, halfway there, Mike. We're halfway there. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Shut your <laughs> dirty mouth. Listen, it was, a, it was a good game. I know. It was a good game. Sandy pitched well. We'll talk about him in a minute. They had some good hits. Shohei Otani was the only player really making an effort to try to win this game. Yeah. Had a hustle double. L- loved the effort in this game. Mickey Moniak steals a home run from center field. <sighs> that was exciting. But then... Estevez comes in in the ninth inning and once again falls apart, Johnny, and it went this way. It was a single, a walk, a double, an intentional base on balls, a sack bunt, a strikeout, a single, and then he was out. He gave up five runs. Four of them he actually gave up. The fifth, Aaron Loop gave up, and suddenly Aaron Loop's back to his normal self. He came in and gave up a couple extra runs, and Johnny was just a really, really bad really, really bad inning. And it's the second straight really bad inning for Estevez right in the middle of August, right in the middle of the dog days of summer, right in the middle of this race, trying to get back into the wild card, right when we needed to have a win to get back to 500. And he just fell apart again, Johnny. And after the game, he was asked how he's feeling. And he said, he's not tired, said his stuff was really great. Maybe he needs to locate better. Phil Nevin said, however, in his interview that he thinks SD is a bit tired. So somebody needs to talk to somebody and get on the same page there. Right. But quite honestly, like this is just super frustrating. And I get, we said this last time about SD when he blew his first save, like he's been good all year, but you can't blow saves during this time of the year, and especially with this team that has gone all in, that has bought. And the really frustrating thing is, is the Giants aren't a really great offensive team. They don't hit too many home runs. Their 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 leader is 15 home runs in their lineup. I mean, this is not a great offensive team, but they just got to Estevez in that inning, and then Loop couldn't 
couldn't hold it down. And then the Angels offense couldn't do anything in the bottom of the ninth inning. And so super frustrating to watch at home. What was it like at the stadium, John? Man, I think the air got sucked out of the stadium once again. Probably not as bad as it did on Thursday night because watching that game on Thursday night versus the Mariners and SD giving up that save, that was like palpable. You could feel that from your couch if you're watching on TV or if you're in the car listening on the radio. You felt that. It sort of felt like that against the Giants, but Mike, can I tell you that there was part of me that partially felt like, I know where this is going. Yeah. I know, I know how this is going to go down. Yeah. I mean, three to two. And again, the first thing is a single. Normally you think, well, SD gives up singles. SD gives up walks. That's, that's like nobody, nobody's looking at his whip and going, what a superstar, right? Because guys get on when he's closing out a game. However, I just, ugh, I, I don't know if it was the people I was with or the people I was sitting by, but all night you just felt that momentum hanging on by a thread hmm. for the Angels. Hmm. And it was so disappointing to see how this one went down. Mike, I'm reminded of what uh, Eric Kratz from Foul Territory said to us. And we, we were just shooting the breeze about making trades. And who would you want to trade for if you're the Angels? And he suggested somebody like, Salvador Perez, veteran catcher on a losing team who could bring a lot of experience. And the reason I bring that up is, are the Angels just too young and naive and not experienced enough to be in the position that they're in? And Mm. what I mean by that is we we bought. We went all in before the trade deadline. We're like, hey, we're going on. We're, we're all in. We're going to try to get back into the wild card race, maybe even the AL West. But then you think about the guys on this team. Who's got the most experience? Mike Moustakis. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing pretty well. Like yep. he's he's been really helpful coming over here. And then you think about like guys like Hunter Renfro, been around a long time, right? CJ Crone, been around a long time, back with the Angels. Gritchuk, sure. I just, I feel like somebody like Estevez, who's coming from the Colorado Rockies, and didn't have a lot of success there because they're in Denver. Gets this opportunity with the Angels, thrives all season long. But now that it matters, is there an element of a lack of inexperience now that the season truly, truly matters? Not that it didn't matter before, but the front office said what they said by making a statement and going all in and buying for this team. And here we are now, with two blown saves from a guy we've been able to rely on all season long. I just, are, are these guys not ready for this kind of run to be in this position? You, you made a really good point. And I think the point that you're making is the front office went and got the guys that this team needed. Mm-hmm. And it communicates to that clubhouse, hey, we're, we're all in, we're going for it. And I think the lack of experience actually was more of a weight than it was exciting, mm-hmm. right? I think that the lack of experience, not being there, n- not knowing how to act when you get there, it, it really it really became a weight. I, I, one of my favorite 30 for 30s is the four falls of Buffalo when the Buffalo Bills went to mm-hmm. the Super Bowl four straight years. Mm-hmm. They talk about that second year when they went back and how they were going to do things 
differently because they didn't know what to do that first year. Then the third year came and the fourth year came and they were like, oh, we're veterans. We know all about this. But they said that first year, it was like walking into a dreamland for them Mm. because they just didn't know what to expect or how to behave. And I wonder if the front office going all in kind of threw these guys for a loop. And And I get that this conversation is maybe looking for some excuses as to why it's falling apart. But that's what we do as fans, right? Because they don't listen to us. The front office doesn't listen to us. We have sure. no control over this situation. Right. So, so people, don't tell me to fire Phil Nevin ever right. again because I have no control over that. Well, and, and, and when people tweet and say things like, well, I wish they would listen to me. They should have sold. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they went all in because right. this is the first time since 2015 that we've actually been in competition for anything. And so I'm glad that they did. And forget about the future. Like, I love what we're doing right now. And then use the offseason to go and reload again, I guess. But that that's the bottom line to all of this. I, I really think that the front office going all in was great. I just wonder if these guys were not mature in a baseball sense mm. to be able to handle it because they have completely fallen apart 0 and 7 since the trade deadline and don't look like the same team they were just last week Johnny right right well and I want to push back on the fact that like we're finding excuses because that's not what this is meant to be what I'm trying to say here is did we put some inexperienced guys in a position that they're not ready for as much as we thought they might be or as much as we would like them to be I have to feel like these guys are not ready for the run that they were supposed to go on, if that makes sense. Uh, that total that totally makes sense. I, I guess my pushback to your pushback would be, so what are they what are they supposed to do? Right? Like like you're you're gonna go all in. These are the guys that you've signed, these are the guys that you got together. So are they not supposed to go all in? Are they supposed to wait? How, how are they supposed to know that? until you actually go through that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, well, it's like, hey, I got I'm going on a road trip and I'm all ready to go and I've got my I've got my uh, you know, 1991 Honda Accord and then you realize, oh, maybe my Accord is not equipped to go on this yeah. road trip. Like yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say is yes. maybe this team is just not equipped to So they're do discovering the thing that they're this. Do. What yes. you're saying is they're discovering exactly. that. Exactly. Hey, they're th- figuring out and finding this out. This is that- the experience that they need for next time. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. And the problem <laughs> is that. that there's so many guys on short-term deals and not going to be around yeah. next season that this right. is not going to be the team that makes it happen. Listen, this all came on the back of a really good Sandoval outing. And you and I were joking around, oh, 31 pitches and one and a third innings. <laughs> yeah. But he he leveled out. He went yeah. 99 pitches, six and two thirds, five hits, two runs, eight strikeouts, throwing the changeup more. Mike, his changeup is one of the best in the game. Why did he get away from that in the first place is what I'm wondering. And I think yeah. that's going to spin into our next conversation. Right. Like you mentioned, Otani had that hustle double. I watched him like stretch that to a, a double. That was fantastic. I have to say, as much as it sucked to watch that that loss, I ran into some friends who watch Locked On Angels or listen to Locked On Angels every day. Or mm-hmm. uh, there was there was Jason and his wife Vicky who came up to me and said hello. We took some pictures together. That's awesome. Uh, Brandon, who you and I have both met, uh, who's a DJ in Orange County. Hire Brandon DJ Bemo, <laughs> and then Carlin Bathe, yep. uh, who does the sideline reporting for the Angels. She was so kind and so generous to like meet up and and say hi and she's a big fan of locked on angels too so uh silver lining here had a great time with friends had a great time meeting people at the end of the day as much as it 
uh, drives us nuts the way the angels handle things. It's an entertainment product and we're spending our money on it and we're free to spend our money however we please. Mike and I will never tell you how to fan or how to spend your money. This is entertainment at the end of the day. It might right. not be very entertaining right and it now. might let you down <laughs> all the time. Yeah. However, you're free to choose how you spend your money and how you enjoy this team. And I certainly enjoyed my time going to the stadium and just meeting so many great people who listen to Locked On uh, every single day. So thank you for that. Hey, the Angels are back at it tonight, 6.38 Pacific time. Lucas Giolito is back on the mound. He did not have a great outing last time out, so hopefully he can have a second chance to make a first impression, impression. right, Mike? <laughs> Catch every cha- uh, every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you got to do is search Angels. Coming up on Locked on Angels, we're getting into our conversation about the Halos needing to get to 14 wins this month. Can they do it? Well, we'll we'll share the path forward with you and decide together if that's something they can do. We'll talk about all of that coming right up. Locked on Angels is brought to you by BetterHelp. Therapy can give you the tools that you need to find a more balanced life. And that way you can support yourself and you can support others. That's why you should give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash locked on MLB. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, setting boundaries, empowering you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for everybody. And if you're thinking about starting online therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Again, entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash MLB today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MLB. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Lockdown Everydayers, join us every day this week for a recap of what's going down at the Big A. Obviously, they're playing the Giants again at 6.38 Pacific time tonight. So Mike and I will be back here tomorrow to recap that game. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. Johnny Sam Blum tweeted earlier this week that he requested an interview with Angels pitching coach Matt Wise, and it would be a wide-ranging Q&A format asking about starters and relievers. And the Angels organization declined the request because they deemed the line of questioning too potentially negative. I'm shocked. I'm shocked as well. (laughs) Um, Johnny, Wise was never asked if he would actually do this interview, that was just their initial response back to Sam Blum. Sam's not surprised anymore that they think he's too negative. Um, And and I think it's funny that they won't allow somebody to ask Matt Wise any questions. It's just Phil Nevin that talks and occasionally GMPM that talks. But Johnny, it got us thinking, so what questions would we ask Matt Wise or would we want Sam Blum to ask Matt Wise? And probably we would start with, how come Patrick Sandoval isn't throwing his changeup as often? Yeah, how no come kidding. all of a sudden he's throwing it really great last night? Or what the heck is wrong with Carlos Estevez? I think th- some of those questions would probably come out initially. But, Johnny, if you had an opportunity to ask Matt some questions, what would be a couple of the first questions you would ask? I want to know why you look at Patrick Sandoval last season. You look at the win and losses on his on his ledger, Mike, from last season – 
They're not great. Yeah. But you and I talked about it all last season. That Patrick Sandoval didn't get any run support. He was an outstanding pitcher, a fantastic pitcher last season. And he had a terrible win and loss record because he just didn't get the runs behind him. And rightfully so, because there was no offense and right. there's no good offense behind him, even though he would pitch a gem most of the time. And then you look at the WBC and he's on Team Mexico and he gets all this national attention of, holy heck, who's this guy on the WBC Team Mexico team? And you and I are screaming going, he's on the Angels. He's, he's a good an pitcher. Angel. He's our guy. And then you come into the season and you look at the numbers he's putting up and you look at the way he's been pitching and you look at how inconsistent he is. I want to know from Matt Wise, Michael, why do these guys regress? And the same goes for Reed Detmers. You look at the season he had last year. Yeah, he had the no hitter, but then he really struggled. He went to AAA. He got better. Finished 2022 out brilliant, brilliantly. And the same goes for Patrick Sandoval. Then they come into this season, and it's like they're completely different pitchers. And again, Reed has to adjust and remember what the AAA pitching coordinator told him last year on how to throw his slider. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing that again. So I just I want to know two things. Why should these young starters regress the way they have after they had such great seasons last year? And number two, why are you not drilling down and drilling deep into what made them successful last year, and then trying to replicate that once again. Mm. I do not understand how those guys could take a step back. And I could understand that, like, if it's a if it's an experienced pitcher who had a great season, they take a step back because, you know, they might be getting older, there's some natural regression. These are young guys in their mid and early 20s who should only be getting better. In fact, you and I had a conversation in the offseason comparing Patrick Sandoval to like a Carlos Rodon yeah. or Reed Detmers to like a like a Garrett Cole when Cole was younger. These guys are putting up great numbers last season and they should be getting better and they're not and they haven't. That's the first thing I would ask Matt Wise if I could. How about you? I would ask Matt Wise this question. Do you do you correct these these pitchers like mm. mid game? Because certainly doesn't seem like you do. No, <laughs> it doesn't seem like he even has a conversation with them. And I wonder what the conversation is with them on the mound. So that would be one of my questions. Like for example, we've talked about Reed Detmers not looking at the catcher. Like that's something that Mike and John Frisch can figure out from their homes on the computer <laughs> nerd, on the nerd, internet nerd right? mike and john from right. home can <laughs> second question i would ask and I, i'm curious about this is what do you do with these guys to build their confidence because they are certainly mm. lacking confidence right now yeah. and i think that's why they struggle with o2 pitches i think that's why they struggle with shutdown innings sandy did it last night they were up 2 to 1 suddenly home run like they can't they can't produce a shutdown inning and right. so i'm curious as to what they say to these guys and how they help them to get through those moments because it just is a repetitive cycle. It's just the same thing, the same way every single day. And those would be the questions that I would ask Matt because I don't think that he's doing much, if he's doing anything, to really help these pitchers right now. Yeah, and I think I would also, to add to that, I would ask about what's the mindset or the game plan when you go and face a certain team and what they're good at. Do you break down, you know, hey, 
they do really well hitting the opposite way or, hey, this is a team full of pole hitters. So if you put that outside, they're not going to be able to yank one out of the stadium, right? Mike, you think about Jared Weaver. Ding, there's your reference. My favorite halo of all time because of his bulldog mentality on the mound. The guy barely ever touched 91 miles an hour on his fastball. And you know why he was so successful? Because he trusted the stuff that he had and he worked within his means. He didn't have to strike everybody out with a flamethrower because he didn't have one, but he trusted his slider and his curveball and his cutter he and his circle change. He knew what he was doing up there and he knew how to get guys out because he would play the game. He would say, hey, if I throw this pitch, this slider away and they swing at it, I'm going to do it one more time because they're already anxious. They're already ready to swing. Or maybe I'll do something slow and inside because they're already anxious. They're already ready to swing, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. Like he he could identify what the what the hitter was thinking at the plate and then execute from there. And I just, I don't see that with these young guys. I don't see that coming from Matt Wise either. It doesn't seem like there's a strategy or a game plan. And to be honest, Mike, it kind of makes sense because Matt Wise was Mickey Calloway's second in command in the 2020 season. Mickey Calloway got fired because he was inappropriate with people that he dealt with. And so they put Matt Wise there as the interim pitching coach. Suddenly that interim tag went away and here he is two years later. Why have you not replaced him? Why have you not changed who's in charge of this pitching staff? I just don't get it. I don't quite understand it. And I just can't imagine him being back next season, especially when you look at the results from last year and see how these young, talented stars are doing this year. There's no excuse for them to be as bad or to have regressed the way that they have. Locked on Angels is brought to you by eBay Motors. If you're looking for a part to fit just right, head to eBay Motors. They have an eBay guarantee fit where you can make sure that every part fits just right the first time around. All you have to do is add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check mark to know that the part will fit or your money back. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. So get the right parts and the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guarantee Fit is only available for U.S. customers. Okay, Mike, the path forward for the Halos is obviously a very difficult one. Let me recap how these Angels started each month this season. In April, they were... They went 4-0. Remember, they did lose on opening day to the A's. But once April started, 4-0. Beautiful. Love that. Started May, 3-0. They started June, 0-3. But then they were able to make up that ground, right? July, they started before the All-Star break. They went 2-8 and and then turned things around after the All-Star break. Mike, they've started August, 0 and seven. Mm-hmm. One of the worst starts to a month. Yeah. All season long. The worst start all season long. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so they've made it really difficult on themselves moving forward, Johnny. And the pathway forward is going to be tough. They've got two more games against the Giants. They've got three against Houston, three against Texas, three against Tampa, three against Cincy, three against the Mets, three against the Phillies. John, if they want to get to just 14 wins this month, not even the 15-win mark, they want to get to 14 wins, they're going to have to win two out of the every three in the series. So they're going to have to get the next two against the Giants, yeah. and they're going to have to get two of three from all of those teams that I just mentioned. All of the teams that I mentioned, by the way, are over 500 except for the Mets. The Phillies are over 500. Everybody else is over 500. Ah, uh, the Angels of the East Coast, the Mets. <laughs> Johnny, they're going to have to go 14-6 and six to finish the month 14-13. and 13. Now, if they do that, if they do that, they'll finish the month and start September 70 and 64, which mm-hmm. is a really great record, would put them right back into the wild card race. But Johnny, the question really is, is this doable? And quite honestly, I don't think that it is at all, especially with, with what they've shown us from the pitching side specifically, because they can't get shut down innings. I thought this stat was interesting. They're fourth in the AL with 556 runs scored. They are th- like third or fourth in the major leagues with um, with home runs, and and their average is really high. Yet they've given up 550 runs, <laughs> so they, they only have a six run differential. And, yeah. and and this offense has been great when when needed to be. And I know we dog on them with runners in scoring position. They haven't been great. They're actually 12 for their last 91, by the way. But I just don't think that this is doable, Johnny. This is they're gonna have to be one of the best teams in baseball for the rest of. August, and then they're going to have to really be one of the best teams in baseball for September. So it's kind of a bummer for two guys who are pretty hopeful about this team. I just don't think that they can get there. Do you? I don't think they can get there, unfortunately. I mean, look, you and I talking about like, hey, maybe 14 wins, da-da-da-da-da. That's that's being generous, Mike. Like, we're not even asking for a lot. Yeah. 14 wins in a month full of baseball games. I know last month was not a full month because of the All-Star break. 14 wins is not asking for very much. In fact, the Angels were able to get 15 wins in April and May. They've got 14 in June, right? And yep. and it's not asking for a lot, but I'm not going to ask for anything from this team right now. <laughs> right. And, and here's the thing. It goes back to the beginning of the season. We got all these pieces that we added over the offseason season. You and I said many times, this team looks fantastic on paper. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, they should be able to get to 90 wins, if not better. Theoretically, on paper. But like you and I have come to find out, and we said all along, these games are not played on paper. And when you think about the talent on this team and the lack of production on this team, it goes back to our last segment. It goes back to guys like, Matt Wise. It goes back to guys like Marcus Timms. It goes back to guys like Phil Nevin because the coaching is what drives the ship of the play on the field. If you're not adjusting with runners in scoring position to think base hit, to think single, to think hit the other way, to think shorten up, if you're swinging for the fences every single time you're up there, that's not direction. Right. That's that's the same plan over and over again. And that's why I say on paper, this team is talented. But in practice, they haven't shown us anything. And I don't think that they can get to the 14 wins, which would put them 
at 70. And like we discussed the other day, September is a much easier schedule. If they were to go on a nice run in September, they could pick up 20 and maybe get to 90. But Mike, I don't think 90 wins is even going to cut it this season. Right. Because the Rays are too good. The Blue Jays are too good. And the Astros are too good. I just don't see a path forward. I don't know if it makes sense, right? It doesn't make sense. And that's the hard part about being a fan of this team. And you and I have been a fan of this team for a really long time. And what we're experiencing is what the Angels have done to us for a really long time. And so for those of you watching and listening, if you're here, we know that you're longtime fans because you've been through it and you're still here. For those that are new, welcome to Angel Fandom. We're hopeful that they would actually play really well. We're glad that they tried to go all in. But I think that what we got bit by is the Angel buttercup <laughs> that's what we got bit yeah, by and it's, yeah. and it's super frustrating for us right mike i i this is real quick before we end i just think about the talent on the field and how much of an indictment that is on the coaching staff yeah phil nevin because yeah. last year we thought this team was plenty talented in fact they, they were 27 and 17 and then they fell apart and that was an indictment on joe madden and his philosophy and this coaching team staff i think the same should be said for Phil Nevin, I don't think this is the coaching staff to get it done. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Remember, the Angels play the Giants tonight, 638. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, give us a follow on Twitter, at Locked On Angels and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Please like, share, subscribe to the video if you're on YouTube. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Let's go a little further and let's talk about why they haven't been great since the trade deadline. I think we kind of touched on it a little bit on this episode, but let's dive a little bit deeper. We're going to ask some questions of why, and then we're going to give answers to those questions tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Looking forward to that. We hope you come back and join us again. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Thanks for being here with us, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.